With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's money to 200-200. Listen and you'll know. First of all, if you haven't heard this yet, I love this. Rod Arquette on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. You know, I absolutely hate it when uh, Mother Nature, as wonderful a lady as she is, plays games on us like this. I mean, it is just, it is sunny, it is gorgeous. What's the temperature? It's 49 degrees outside. Um, it, it's just a nice, nice day. It was nice yesterday, and actually on Saturday was a pretty decent day, as I recall. Just Mother Nature reminding us that we'll get through this winter. Just hang on, folks. A few more weeks of this stuff. And we need the moisture. I'm not complaining about the moisture at all. But it's just a reminder that those nice, beautiful spring and summer days that we all enjoy here in the state of Utah is not that far behind. And Mother Nature just teases a little bit. makes it tough to want to even work today, doesn't it? I saw so many people out yesterday. Going for walks. I mean, they were just, it was such a nice day. Cold, it was cool. Uh, but with the sun shining, it just changes the attitude, doesn't it? I saw a lot of people out yesterday going for a nice Sunday afternoon walk. Hope they had a great, great time. How are you, everybody? Hello, Utah. And welcome to the Rod Arquette Show on this uh, Monday afternoon. We begin another exciting week of spending some time with you each and every afternoon from 4 to 7 right here on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listen and you'll know. Now, a great show lined up again for you today. Um, There is a tax that uh, many of you small business owners may not be aware of. But when you become aware of this one, you are probably going to blow your stack. We'll talk about that. Burgess Owens will join us. Yes, there is talk again now that the Democrats are in control of, of Congress, of reparations for slaves, slavery reparation for black Americans. How they're going to do this, I would have no idea. Eve, you know, this is one of those dreams that Democrats have for uh, black Americans. I don't know if it'll ever come to fruition, but there are certainly a lot of talk about that. We'll talk about that with uh, Burgess Owens, Congressman Burgess Owens from Utah's 4th Congressional District, about that coming up. At 435 here on the Rod Arquette Show. So we've got a lot to get to today. And as always, you're invited to be a part of the program. As we like to say, 888-5708010, 888-5708010. Or on your cell phone, all you do is have to dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod. Now, the kicker of the day, and I think many of you are already aware of this. You may have heard, may not have heard, but apparently the Muppet Show appears to be now. Yeah, I'm not kidding, folks the latest victim of political correctness with a new warning being tacked on to its historic content. I love the Muppets. I always have. They're very entertaining. Uh, But um, apparently, uh, you know, the cancel culture out there has had enough of Kermit the Frog and Miss Piggy. 
uh, and all the great characters who were on the Muppets. The Adventures of Kermit the Frog and and uh, Animal and Miss Piggy and Fossy Bear now will come with an alert. And your children won't even be able to see it on the Disney Plus channel. They have to go to the Disney Adult channel to see this now on the Muppets. But there will be an alert about offensive contact. Offensive contact from the Muppets. The move apparently came to light over the weekend when Disney made five series available last Friday on its streaming service. Here's what the viewers were greeted with. Are you ready for this? This program includes negative depictions of main mistreatment of people or cultures. These stereotypes were wrong then and are wrong now. Rather than remove this content, we want to acknowledge its harmful impact, learn from it, and spark conversation to recreate a more inclusive future together. That's what the warning was. Isn't that, <laughs> it's just amazing. Rather than remove this content, we want to acknowledge its harmful impact. Okay, how many of you out there, raise your hand right now, have been hurt by watching The Muppets? Now, maybe some adults have and said, yeah, I have. It's a stupid show. But with your kids, kids love The Muppets. Adults still love The Muppets. So apparently, if you've been impacted, harmful impact by The Muppets, they're here to help you out. They want to, they, as Disney said, we want to learn from the harmful impacts that The Muppets caused and spark conversation to create a more inclusive future together. The warning, apparently from Disney, from what I understand, is uh, to refer, uh, believed to refer to Muppet characters designed as stereotypes of Native Americans, Arabs, and East Asians. Should we tell folks on the left that these are puppets? You think they got that figured out yet? Yeah, probably not. Uh, there apparently is another episode in which Johnny Cash plays a stage adorned with a Confederate flag. Oh, can't have that in the world today. Now, the move came to light when Disney made its five series available in the U.K. over the weekend. Um, the series includes a 1979 one-starring comedian, Spike Milligan, in which he and the puppets pay tribute to the 100 nations who were uh, where the show was broadcast. Apparently, it is too much for the cancel culture to handle, and yes, the Muppets will now come with a warning. Just trying to prepare you, protect your children from the harmful impacts of what is taking place there. Now, the other thing, I mean, this this, this is another crazy thing today. Uh, let's see, it was, what was it? The Gateway Pundit had this story today. It's really coming out of the Western Journal. But the story is that McDonald's Corporation has announced... And its priorities have switched. No longer do they care about delivering delicious food. Now, some people may say the term delicious is a little bit far-fetched, Rod, but, you know, what they want now, they don't care if they deliver dishes, uh, delicious food. They want to hit their hiring quotas. Reverse discrimination, right? Senior executive managers will lose their bonuses if they fail to staff more minorities in senior leadership positions. This is what's called the Great Reset. The company will uh, have a focus on hiring men or hiring women and minorities for top positions, regardless of their talents and abilities. And if they don't do that, they will lose bonuses. Here's what it said in a news release. Beginning in 2021, the company is incorporating quantitative human capital management-related metrics 
to the annual incentive conversation, compensation, for its executive vice presidents. In addition to the company's financial performance, executives will be measured on their ability to champion our core values, improve representation within leadership roles for both women and historically underrepresented groups, and create a strong culture of inclusion within the company. So apparently, McDonald's and the Golden Arches, they don't care about delivering quality products, selecting people who have the talent to do the jobs. No, they simply, they simply want to base those uh, those bonuses to their executives on what they would call a more inclusive society. And you wonder why this is happening. There are results in from a new poll tonight. Not good news for Democrats. The NBC News poll confirms something that anecdotally I think we've been seeing over the past four years. A significant number of blue-collar workers no longer believe that the Democratic Party is for them and they are fleeing like crazy to the Republican Party. According to the poll, this NBC poll, by the way, the number of blue-collar workers who call themselves Republicans has jumped by 12% in just the last decade. Meanwhile, blue-collar workers who identify as Democrats dropping by 8%. The number of blacks and Hispanics, blue-collar workers who identify as Republicans has also gone up with Hispanics at 13% and blacks up 7%. So you can see as the Democratic Party continues to lead with these nutty, cancel culture, politically correct ideas, blue-collar workers, the bread and butter of America in many ways, the backbone of America, are saying the Democratic Party no longer represents us. All right, when we come back, small business owners, are you aware of this new tax? If you aren't, get ready, because we'll tell you all about it. Coming up right here on the Rod Arquette Show and Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Listen, and you'll know. Let me take a minute and talk to you about, you know, taking care of your, your, your furnace. It's that time of year to do so. But realize, as I mentioned, Mother Nature is teasing us today. How does your air conditioner look right now? Is it ready for the hot summer months? Well, if you want both checked out by people who know what they're doing, reach out today to Any Hour Services. They have been servicing the Wasatch Front from Ogden to Nephi to Willow to Park City since 1961, and they specialize in electrical, plumbing, heating, and air conditioning. They're the largest home services company in Utah, by the way. And they do not charge by the hour. That's right. They don't charge by the hour. What they do is they give you a price in writing before any work begins. Now, if the job doesn't change, that price doesn't change as well. And their technicians are cross-trained. You don't have to worry about it. They have highly trained experts in specific fields, be it air conditioning, furnace, the make of the furnace, in plumbing and electrical. It's all there for you. So why not reach out to Any Hour Services today? Just Google them at Any Hour Services. or States ultimately establish their own criteria. Everything you need to know at cdc.gov slash coronavirus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
All right, welcome back to the Radar Catch Show on this uh, Monday afternoon. Nice and sunshiny on the outside. We love it. The tax man. Yeah, it's that time of year. We're all starting to uh, gather everything we need to put our taxes together. The Utah lawmakers were gleeful today. They basically announced a $100 million tax cut. The tax cuts add up to $100 million and target families with dependent children, Social Security recipients, something they had to fix as a result of the uh, Trump tax plan, and military retirees. And lawmakers were very happy about that. But there are going to be some business owners out there small business owners out there who are not going to be happy with Utah lawmakers because of a tax that could be imposed on their efforts by the federal government to give them some relief during the outbreak of the COVID-19 pandemic. Joining us on our Newsmaker line to talk about that right now is Troy Keller. He is a partner in uh, in Dorsey and uh, Whitney, and that's a law firm here in the Salt Lake area. He wrote an op-ed piece in the uh, Deseret News over the weekend talking about why Utah is taxing small business stimulus payments. Troy, thanks for joining us. Exactly, Troy, what is taking place? Yeah, I mean, so if you if you start back last year when the, the Paycheck Protection Program was uh, was implemented, um, it it was done you know very quickly, obviously, as that whole CARES package was put, put together. And but this program just caught like everyone's imagination. It was it was you know it was really innovative. It it was killing two birds with one stone. It would both you know it, it would both incentivize businesses, help small businesses stay alive, but incentivize them to keep you know to uh, to keep their employees uh, to you mm-hmm. know, so sort of the two two things at once. Um, what happened was it was put together so quickly that some companies. You know, like infamously, the Los Angeles Lakers, you know, received some uh, some stimulus through that program. Some companies that probably didn't really need it, and and so it became a little bit controversial for a while. And Steve Mnuchin um, in Treasury, you know, he said, "Hey, I think we're going to tax these." And Congress then said, "Hold on, you know, maybe there were some issues with it, and we'll get those fixed." But it, it's dumb to to tax the 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 support that we designed to be given directly to small businesses. Most of them, the vast majority of them, really need this, and this is going to keep them going, and which it did. Millions of small businesses were, you know, arguably mm-hmm. saved by, yeah. by this program. Um, so so when, when uh, so Congress then clarified and said, no, it's not going to be taxed. Um, most states followed along. In fact, I think that pretty much every state except for four now have followed the federal government's lead by not taxing the forgiveness aspect of these loans. But Utah, is, unfortunately, is, is one of those four. I mean, I hope it gets changed, but at the moment, um, they're sort of holding, you know, holding firm to, to that position where if you received a loan, you did everything you were asked to do by using the proceeds to employ employees, and you are, um, uh, but nonetheless, you're going to get taxed on, on the forgiveness aspect of that, of money that was sort of provided by the government. So the government could take some of it back. So it's, it's unfortunate. It's kind of circular. Yeah. Well, and, and they're thinking um, they'll be forgiven. The loan will be forgiven by the federal government, but not by the state of Utah, at least not now, Troy. Are many small businesses who receive those PPP loans even aware that they could be taxed by the state? Um, I think that... that the word is is is, is getting out, um, especially once they they sit down with their accountant and start to do their their tax returns. It'll it'll become they'll become aware of it. But I think most of them had, had assumed not. I mean, they they looked at at the news at the federal level and said, okay, these aren't being taxed, and hadn't thought that at the state level it might be might be done differently. 
How much money could they pay in taxes as a result of this? These small businesses who are forgiven by the federal government but will have to stay uh, pay a state tax, Troy, do we have any idea how much they may end up paying? Yeah, that's a great question. It's very facts and circumstances, so it depends on, on your business. Let's say you got a, a PPP loan of $100,000. Um, that is, if you had it forgiven because you used it in the way that you were incentivized to use it, which was to keep people employed, that's going to be taxed as income. Um, so not revenue, uh, but actual income. So whatever your tax rate is, let's say it's 30%, you're going to now pay $30,000, about $100,000 uh, in taxes. Now, the state tax rate, of course, is much lower than that. Uh, so it's, you know, whatever it might be, you know, 7%, 8%, that's, that's, that's the rate that you would pay. Is the state responding to this as of yet, Troy? What, why did they do this? <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I have... I've I've asked a, a few legislators. I've, I've you know I've given it some thought. I, no super clear answers. I, the state definitely has put out a position on on why they have, and their position kind of you know rehashes some of the arguments Mnuchin was using like last year. But those were really I mean kind of rhetoric. He was he was trying to you know soften the blow of some of the the controversy. That's all long in the past. Those those rationales never really worked. Um, so I think the state. Now, my, my best guess is that you know, they, they budgeted it this way, and it'd be difficult for them to kind of redo the budget uh, on the assumption that this income isn't coming in. So, I mean, I don't, but I, don't, I can't really speak for, yeah. you know, for, for the lawmakers or, or the governor's office. Yeah, but you talked about as well it could be an issue of fairness, that some people may be t- paying the tax and others may not. How, how does that play out, Troy? Yeah, I, <laughs> that was an argument that, that was put out there that, look, some businesses got, got these loans and some didn't. I, I don't know if I find that a, really a kind of a silly, a silly argument. I mean, if you um, if you didn't get one because you didn't need one or you didn't qualify, well, then how is that unfair? If you did qualify but but just never for whatever reason decided not to, you know, I, e- even if you can make that kind of a general, you can always make a general fairness argument about, about almost anything, but it doesn't help it to to just punish the the company that did get it. I mean, if if it's really a fairness issue, well then. Find a way to give support to to the to the rest of the businesses, but don't punish the ones that did get it because you know we, I think we all have stories of people we know, whether it's mm-hmm. you know your yeah. barber or small <laughs> restaurant in town that you know really had a tough time over the last year, and this you know this program was one of the one of the lifelines to those to those businesses. As small businesses start sitting down with their accountants and figuring this out, do you think more and more are going to uh, contact lawmakers and say, hey, what's going on here? Have lawmakers, do you think, heard enough yet from uh, small businesses to change this? So I'll give the the, the Salt Lake Chamber some credit. <laughs> I know they have they have been uh, pretty vocal about this. Um, they sent a letter to uh, to the legislature and uh, uh, and the governor last week. And, um, and I think that... Um, I don't know if, if a lot of small businesses have been vocal about it yet, but but they they sure will be um, once they once they start to realize what's you know what's what's coming. On our newsmaker line, Troy Keller, he is a partner in Dorsey Whitney, that is a Salt Lake law firm, talking about Utah taxing small stimulus payments, uh, small business stimulus payments, I should say, uh, one of only four states in the country that are going to do this. I would imagine lawmakers are going to hear more and more from small businesses saying what gives. By the way, Joe Biden. And uh, the First Lady and uh, Vice President Kamala Harris and the First Gentleman just stepped out of the White House for a uh, moment of silence to remember a uh, tragic mark we passed today. 500,000 Americans dying from COVID. Uh, That's about a sixth 
of the 3 million people that die in this country each and every year, and we cannot forget them as well. All right, more coming up on the Monday afternoon edition of the Rod Arquette Show right here on Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS Listen, and you'll know. All right, warmer weather uh, here soon. Take a look outside right now. Boy, doesn't it tease you, right? Well, things are beginning to open back up, and you could still lose that quarantine fat by this spring since it only takes 40 days to lose a contractually guaranteed 20 to 50-plus pounds with NJ Diet. Now, what makes NJ Diet so different? Well, NJ Diet's program starts with bioenergetically personalized supplements, and it's based on your hair, your saliva, and your blood work. NJ Diet then uses DNA testing to create your ideal diet plan and workout regimen to help you keep the weight off for the rest of your life. Now you're saying, I don't know if I can do this alone. I'm going to need some help here, right? Well, NJ Diet, they are with you every step of the way. You're fully monitored to make sure you're burning fat and not just losing water. You'll also get the doctor's personal email and phone number. Now, if you don't want to go out, they do online video consultations, or you can schedule a consultation right here in Salt Lake City at their office in the Sugar House Center. Visit njdiet.com or call 855 855- Ready, set, start listening and have a great true crime podcast week. Rod Arquette Show on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. All right, welcome back to the Rod Arquette Show on this uh, Monday. Hope you had a nice weekend. We head into another exciting week of broadcasting every afternoon from 4 to 7 right here on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listen and you'll know a lot of talk on uh, in the nation's capital this week about a COVID-19 rescue plan. To the tune of about $1.9 trillion, there are many out there who realize hardly any of it is going to uh, COVID relief efforts. But last week, a lot of talk in Congress on reparations, slavery reparations for black Americans. Herschel Walker, NFL great, presented his case to members of the Senate Judiciary and basically said, you know, how many African Americans were alive today? That was in slavery. He said absolutely none. Slavery ended over 130 years ago. Now, another American who has spoken out against it, black American, is our own Utah Congressman Burgess Owens, who represents the 4th Congressional District. He is black and a descendant of slaves. And joining us on our Newsmaker Line right now, Burgess, how are you? Welcome back to the show. Rod, thank you so much. Looking forward to chatting with you, particularly on this issue. Oh, well, Burgess, yeah, give me your thoughts on this, Burgess. I mean, you know, uh, last week, uh, Hersher was there saying, look, slavery ended 130 years ago. We don't need this anymore. Yeah. Well, I think, first of all, we've got to get back to basics. The only reason we even have this conversation is because of the narrative that uh, black Americans have not really done very well since, we, since slavery, that uh, we've been a hapless, hopeless race. And just just so thankful that we were given the right to do something in 1960 with civil rights, and that's a fair false narrative. I was really blessed, Rod, to grow, to be raised in a community that understood the American way. My community in the 60s, throughout this country, 50 to 60 percent of Black Americans were part of the middle class, and that's again from D.C. to Tallahassee, Florida to California, because in our segregated community, we believed in God, country, family, respect of women, and authority. And we looked at meritocracy as a way to get to command respect, not not demand or beg for it, command through winning. 
and we did a great job of it. So uh, the reparation is, is a topic that the left uses to divide us. Uh, it's not going to work, and never will be. All it does is, is gets, pe- gets people thinking about their skin color uh, and something that never happened to them and thinking they're, they're, they're entitled for something they never earned, that's something never done to them. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, and meanwhile, not looking at the policies that's putting my race right now behind so many others that we were not behind 50, 60 years ago. Uh, Burgess, and you, you've spoken about the progress that blacks have made. You, you, you've talked about the fact when you entered the NFL, what, back in 1973, there were no black quarterbacks and no black middle linebackers. Boy, has that ever changed today? <laughs> I mean, progress has been made, hasn't it, Burgess? Progress Not only in football, been, but everywhere. Everywhere, and this has been the history of our nation, and that's why American history uh, is a big threat to the left. Uh, the greatest thing we have going is, 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 is our founding of the Judeo-Christian values, which allows us to see each other inside out versus outside in, and our history of progress from the very beginning to the very end to, 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 to today, and the contribution of not only black Americans in, in, in the great American history, but white Americans in the process of helping all other races to to proceed. So we have done this, uh, done a great job together, we the people. We just have not been taught about it. I would like to say this, though, because Democrats right now are trying to show a lot of negative. Let me just make sure people understand, if we're going to talk about reparation, let's maybe point to the right place to do it. It was, uh, it was actually, when you think about who negated uh, uh, Abraham Lincoln's 40 acres of the mill reparation promise in the end of the Civil War, it was the Democrats. Who was it to make sure our union, uh, our union uh, uh, was separated because the South wanted to make sure they kept slavery. It was the Democrats. Who founded the KKK? And, uh, and after its demise in 1980, brought it back in 19, uh, uh, 1915, it was a Democratic president. Who was responsible for the mob lynching of 4,700 Americans? 1,300 of them were Republicans, uh, Catholic, and, 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 uh, and Italians. The Democrats. Who destroyed the, the, in 12 hours the, the uh, Black Wall Street? The Democrats. Who established segregation and Jim Crow laws? The Democrats. Who was against desegregation of, 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 of schools and fought against civil rights legislation? Those are Democrats. Who is the party right now overseeing every single urban city that's going through misery, illiteracy, joblessness, crime, and police brutality? Democrats. So if they want to look at reparation, how about the, the party of Democrats mm. pay all Americans for the pain, misery that we've gone through and still going through today because they have been at the very front of every bit of it. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Burgess, we never want to forget the stain of slavery on this country, but why is it that that we can't seem to move past this in a way? Not, not, not forgetting it, because we shouldn't, yeah. but move past it and progress and move to a different level in our discussions about race. Well, you know, it's interesting. Up until the election of President Obama, we were. We were moving very, very quickly to it. As a matter of fact, when you look at the amount of, of, of white Americans across the board that voted for, for President Obama, is because we felt this was finally the time we could pass, get past this, this divisiveness and move forward. Unfortunately, his policies brought back to the front every bit of divisiveness that we're now fighting through. We're still trying to overcome that. By the way, there's a reason why there's such an uptick of black Americans leaning toward conservatism now or leads to the Republican Party. This has never happened before in terms of the percentage of blacks, white, uh, black uh, men and women. is because President Obama uh, 
Actually, at the end of his, his, his reign, many, many Americans are looking at what happened to hope and change. And the greatest president, uh, President Obama, is a, such a lousy president when it came to black issues that we now have people waking up saying, you know what, we need to look at a different way of doing it. And that's what's going to happen, I believe, in the next two years. We're going to see contrast. And Americans on both sides of the aisle will realize we don't like to be drifting toward darkness. We want light. We want opportunity. We want to get past all the divisiveness. And we do that only by living the American way of looking at each other from inside out, not outside in, and not judging each other by our color of the skin. Yeah. skin. Yeah, Burgess, are any of the inequalities that may exist today in race relations, do you think, connected in any way to the legacy of slavery? No. The, 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 and that's what I, I just went through that process of explaining my, my, era, my era of great Americans who did a great job. With what we're linked into right now, the reason why we have inequalities is because of policies. When you have a state of California, 75% of the black boys cannot pass standard reading and writing tests, these kids will never think about being part of the state, uh, space force or even understanding the American way or even have the opportunity to read the Bible. You have 13 schools in Baltimore, zero proficiency in math. These are black, black schools. So it's all about policies, and when you put together things like minimum wage in which young black teenage boys and girls cannot even get the first start, the first step toward learning what it is to work, and to, to, to strive, to be disciplined, all those issues, all those policies come crashing down on the, on the, on the black family. And uh, that's what we're seeing today. So, no, it is not, we don't have slavery in our genes, and white people don't have slaveholder uh, genes in, 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 in their genes. So it is about policies, my friends, and any, any, any race, any person who is put under the oppression of the policies of the Democratic Party will come out exactly the same way. So... Let me, I'll let you let you know that that's the, that's the way this thing rolls for sure. All right. Well, Burgess, as always, great chatting with you. Thanks for a few minutes of your time today. We'll talk again. Thanks, Burgess. Thank you, Rob. I appreciate it. All, All right. right. On our Newsmaker line, that's uh, Utah 4th District Congressman Burgess Owens talking about slavery reparations. More coming up on the Rod Arquette Show and Utah's Talk Radio 105.9. KNRS, listen, and you'll know. Ready to sell your home? Well, your next decision should be to go online to justinud.com and reach out to Justin Udy and Team Real Estate. Now, Justin, why? Well, let me tell you what. I've gotten to know Justin over the last several years. Great, great guy to begin with. He is trustworthy. He is very, very knowledgeable, and he knows what it will take to sell your home quickly and to sell it for as much money as possible. Now, he's even bettered his guarantee. He used to say, list your home with me, and if it's not under contract within 29 days, I will sell it for free, meaning I won't take a commission. Well, he's up that now. Now, if you list your home with Justin, and if it's not under contract in two weeks, 14 days, He will sell it for free. I tell you what, him and his team have been recognized as one of the top sales teams in the state. They're with the Century 21 Everest Group. So if you want to reach out and find out more today, just go online to justinud.com or call 855-NJ-DIET. Go to njdiet.com and lose the weight for good. You know, I want to talk about this in the... By the way, welcome back to the Rod Arquette Show here on Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Listening, you'll know. I want to talk about this with you uh, in the uh, 5 o'clock hour. We'll open up the phones to you. But there is um, new legislation, 
And uh, here in the state of Utah, and I think there are several other states considering this now, and it would protect drivers who hit protesters. Now, I don't know if you've ever found yourself in the middle of a protest. Uh, I haven't, but I know there are some out there of you who probably have, who are caught in the middle of a protest and people are pounding on your car and, um, you know, swearing at you and calling you every name in the book. Well, what are you supposed to do to protect you? Well, there's some, there's some legislation which would uh, provide drivers who hit protesters with a legal shield. It would protect them. And we'll talk about that and if that is the right thing to do. I, boy, I, I can't imagine what that would be like, but it has happened. And this year especially as we've had more protests as a result of uh, the Black Lives uh, Matter movement around the country, the race riots that we've seen this year, even some of the uh, rioting that's taking place in Portland and Seattle with Antifa. You've got people who, they don't purposely drive into this area, but all of a sudden they may turn around and they're in the middle of a protest and people are pounding on their car and yelling obscenities at them. What are you supposed to do? And they generally, or there's some of them, who do not get out of the way. What kind of protection should these people have? We'll talk about that coming up in the uh, 5 o'clock hour in the Rod Arquette Show. By the way, did you see the video of that United Airliners flight? Uh, one of its engines got fire over Denver. They had to turn around to try and land safely. Man, can you imagine sitting in that airplane and looking out that window and the engine is on fire? I mean, it's just uh, Boeing, they're looking now at the Pratt & Whitney engines. But uh, that would be frightening, to say the least. Now, Abby has been reporting today that the uh, vaccine rollout here in the state is getting much, much better. As a matter of fact, I think she's been indicating in Davis County they'll go to six days a week at the Legacy Center, which is a huge facility there in the Farmington area, and that will help speed up the uh, inoculations going on in the uh, in the state. But a lot of people have been critical of the vaccination rollout, but apparently a new study shows that America's much maligned vaccine rollout is actually going relatively well at least compared to other wealthy nations. Now, the big picture here is the U.S. has carried out more vaccinations than any country in the world and given the first dose to a higher percentage of its population, 12%, than all but five countries. Israel is leading the way. I think they vaccinated like 94% of their population. Uh, the United Arab Emirates, the U.K., and Bahrain. Now, here's some numbers for you to consider when it comes to the vaccination rollouts. The U.S. is distributing closes, doses three times as quickly as the EU, adjusted for population, and nearly five times faster than Canada. Those of you who want to move to Canada should think about that. Now, the backstory, the U.S. has some major advantages over the rest of the world. Not only does America have the money to reserve more doses than it possibly can use, it also has the capacity to manufacture them domestically. They aren't being imported in any way. Canada's slow rollout and the recent dispute over doses between the EU and UK have underlined the difficulties in relaying the imports. Now, what does this all mean between the lines? Well, despite the crumbling infrastructure and chaotic politics, believe it or not, folks, and we've talked about this with COVID, the U.S. remains a scientific, technological, and manufacturing powerhouse. As we talked with Brian Shiazawa last Friday, uh, Dr. Shiazawa, he said it has been remarkable. What has happened in the development of these vaccines and now the rollout? He says we're making tremendous progress. The numbers are down again today of positive cases. Of course, they usually are on a Monday following a weekend. But I think it was Robert Gerke in the Salt Lake Tribune pointed out over the weekend 
that in five of the last seven days, those positive tests have been low, below 1,000, and they're going down each and every day. Uh, so we remain a, a powerhouse. So I think when you, when you look at all of this uh, and realize um, that the vaccinations are rolling along well. Now, could we have every American have a vaccination by July? The challenge could fairly quick, uh, quickly turn into distributing the vaccines around the world. But the bottom line is, in all of this, as you look at this, America's vaccine rollout has, it's been imperfect. We know that. Hadn't been perfect, right? It's been a little unequal. And at times, I think for a lot of people out there, deeply frustrating. But if you look around the world, it's clear that it could be going a lot worse. So uh, America, I think, has done a... Uh, a good job. I, 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 you know, the Operation Warp Speed, which uh, President Trump kicked off, and nobody refused to give him credit for this, uh, really got this all started. And within a year, we developed a vaccine. The vaccine, there are th- two, maybe three versions of it, could have. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No The third very shortly. I'll approve. I'm talking about the Johnson & Johnson one. All are approving very, very effective. As a matter of fact... Some more studies coming out showing the first dose of the vaccines by Moderna and Pfizer are very, very effective. Don't back off getting the second dose. You still need to do that. But the first dose, they say, is being very, very effective. So that's good news as we continue to battle COVID-19 here in the country. All right. In the 5 o'clock hour, we'll talk about should drivers who hit protesters be legally shielded? We'll tell you what. Information, text, and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's hope to 200-200. We are live, we are local, and we are everywhere with the iHeartRadio app. Second hour of the Rod Arquette with you on this gorgeous Monday afternoon. What is the temperature outside? It has dropped a little bit, 48, but we did hit a high today of 50. As Sterling and the team over at uh, KUTV has predicted, kind of nice weather, but we've got some more moisture on the way, I believe, this weekend. <laughs> and if you look at the snowpack right now, we'll take all we can get, right? We need some water. All right, um, you know, this kind of a, you know, it, this is a... Um, a question that I, I I really never thought that we would be debating, but because of some moves on the part of some lawmakers, including uh, one here in the state of Utah, it's kind of interesting that we'd be talking about this now. Um, anyone, any of you, and we've all watched this, right? Uh, watching the quote peaceful protest uh, put on by Black Lives Matter and Antifa around the country for the past few years is is familiar with one repeating scene. All right, protesters. They swarm onto the street, sometime without permission to do so, uh, shutting down traffic. And we, we, we saw it here in Salt Lake City, right? Even down in Provo. Remember that incident down in Provo? 
Well, too often, if you think about it, the so-called peaceful protesters begin beating out vehicles, sometimes threaten to even drag out the occupants out of their cars. And in one case, in Provo, the driver was shot by somebody. Um, Now, this has led, and you can imagine this. I mean, put yourself in a situation like this, where panicky drivers have had to make a choice to simply hit the gas and escape. And in trying to escape sometimes, they've hit people. Uh, And um, on their way out. Well, apparently now... Some legislators, and we talked with uh, State Representative John Hawkins on this a few years ago. He is from Pleasant Grove. It was last November, I believe, E. Ray mentioned we spoke with him about this. He put a bill forth in the Utah legislature this year. hasn't gone anywhere, but it is an interesting dilemma. And he's not the only one. There are lawmakers in a number of states who are considering changes to the law. It would create much harsher penalties for masses of people who are blocking traffic and shield drivers from prosecution if they run someone, if they run over or run into some of them while trying to make their escape. I mean, think about this. Um, Republican lawmakers across the country are moving to stop the road blocking maneuver. We have seen this, right? You may have been involved in it. And what they're doing is trying to increase uh, penalties for demonstrators who run onto highways and legal immunity for people and drivers who may hit them. Uh, there are bills in dozens of states. Uh, the, the one here in Utah I don't think has gone anywhere, but there are several states. Oklahoma is considering them, Iowa, Missouri, uh, about a dozen other states. And, you know, it, it, it's attracted a lot of concern. But, you know, I, mean, I have never been caught up in this situation. Maybe you have. But this idea of giving drivers who find themselves in, if you've got your family, I, I, I can only imagine how frightening a situation this may be. I think there was the, uh, I think it was a man who had that truck down in Provo who was shot at. As he tried to get out, well, he was shot at, and then the guy took off. I think it may have hit him in the leg or something like that. He wasn't seriously injured. But, man, your heart is racing. You're stuck in something like this. You can't get out of it unless you know you may hit somebody. Um, And should, in fact, you be given legal protection? I don't know if you—yes. Should there be a question of that? I mean, you have the right of way on a highway, correct? Now, if somebody jumps out and they're, they're, they run in front of you and you don't see them, you won't be prosecuted, will you? You may. I don't, I don't think you will. But what about efforts to try and block the highway? And you've seen incidents. Remember back, was it Minneapolis? May have been where a tractor trailer came through the crowd. He wasn't trying to hurt them as well. He was trying to make some deliveries. And we've had other cases. Charlottesville could be certainly one of them, but that was intentional. But if you're caught up in something like this, and you're trying to get out of the situation, and your family is, in fact, with you, or even if you're by yourself, I don't care, but you fear for your life, and the only way to get out of a situation like this is to hit the gas... 
Um, what would you do? I'd hit the gas. I'd get out of it as fast as I possibly could. Someone may get injured, but they're getting injured because of their actions, not mine. So should we have legislation on the books here in the state of Utah protecting people who find themselves trapped in a situation like this, who fear for their life, maybe their family as well, and the only way out is to go? And people just won't move. They almost dare you, in some cases, to run over them. (laughs) They want to do that, they may get their wish, right? 888-570-8010-888-570-8010. On your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod, to the phones we go. And let's go to uh, Andrew, who's in Provo tonight. Andrew, how are you? Thanks for joining us. I'm well, Rod. How are you doing? I'm doing great. What do you think of this legislation, Andrew? I agree with it. Um, For one, if you go to the ACLU website, you'll find out that it is illegal to block traffic during a protest unless you've got a permit and they've closed the roads for that. So they're conducting an illegal activity. And like down in Provo, the guy fled after they were banging on his car and they shot at him and then they shot through the back window and another guy had a gun. Yeah. So are protesters who think it's okay to do that? Um, so I agree with it. I think um, while they're conducting an illegal activity, um, meaning they didn't get a permit, they didn't have the roads closed, and they are threatening your property and life, that you have a right to protect yourself. Yeah, I, I would agree with you, Andrew. And I, I, you and I are on the same page on this. I mean, it, I, you've got to protect yourself, but put yourself in that car. And it's swaying back and forth, and people are, you know, pounding on it, trying to get at you, just trying to get their point across. And they won't let you move, and you're and you're going. Wait a minute. My only my only way out of this is really to get moving. And and, and many of you may drive very very slowly and try and get them to move. What if they don't go anywhere? Or what if they keep on pounding? Do you then have a right to hit the gas a little bit harder, and just try and get out of what you would consider to be a very very dangerous situation? I would, and I bet many of you would as well. 888-570-8010, 888-570-8010, or on your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say, Hey, Rod, more your calls and comments coming up right here on the Rod Arquette Show and Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS Listen, and you'll know. So I'm here with Ryan Craner, president and founder of Strategic Planning Group. They're an investment management firm located in Bountiful. Ryan, great to have you back on the show. Ryan, this has been such a topsy-turvy year. Even 2020 and now 2021 isn't shaping up to be the best, at least right now. There's a lot of fear out there, Ryan. What, are, what do you talk to people when they come to you with these, these predictions that the world is going to come to an end? Yes, you know, well, Rod, it's important to remember that there have been these predictions out there every year for most of our lives, and there is one consistent reality. These end-of-the-world predictors, they're always wrong. So I have a real important recommendation for your listeners. Stop planning for the end of the world. It never (laughs) happens. Instead, start planning for your retirement and your financial future. Well, Ryan, as you well know, people really do whip themselves into a frenzy. Do you ever see people actually hurt themselves when they buy into this fear-mongering and apocalyptic thinking? Yes, and it's very concerning how damaging this kind of hype and fear can be. I see people hurt themselves very often by liquidating legit investments and buying into all kinds of snake oil-like investments. 
like gold sketchy cryptocurrency schemes, expensive, low-performing, uh, commissionable insurance products, and particularly in Utah, a lot of just full-blown Ponzi schemes. Well, Ryan, if somebody is not sure what they should be doing, um, what resources are available can they access to evaluate and really make some good decisions when it comes to their finances? Yes. So, you know, they can go to strategicutah.com and use our second opinion service, what we call our SOS. This is where you can get an analysis and a second opinion on any large or important retirement, financial, or investment decision. Just go to Strategic Utah and use the SOS service. We'll provide you with a complimentary, thorough, written analysis of your situation. No strings attached, no obligation. So that's Strategic Utah, or you can just call us, 801-627-2200. That's right. You go to Strategic Utah. Sportsland, help you get away. Motorsportsland, 4001 South State. All right, welcome back to the Rod Arquette Show on this Monday. Our lines are open to you. We're talking right now about this uh, possible legislation that some states are considering. I know it had at least been considered here in the state of Utah by a state lawmaker, John Hawkins, taking a look at a bill that would protect drivers who hit protesters. It's odd we'd be talking about this, but I mean, you know, there it, it, it's renewed the debate over what tactics are acceptable for free speech and when do they go too far now i think they go too far when without a permit you are blocking the road and not allowing someone to use a road or a street simply because you want to block hey guys it is ryan i'm not sure if you know this about me but i'm a bit of a fun fanatic when i can i like to work but i like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus traffic you want to make a point okay and to the point where you know you may have surrounded a vehicle you may be pounding on that vehicle you may be, may be shouting obscenities at the driver of that vehicle, vehicle or anyone else who's in there. So our dramatic act tactics, like some protesters use, then what about the driver of that vehicle? Are they allowed to escape by turning on the gas? And we've had cases in Seattle and St. Louis and Minneapolis throughout the year. But what about that? I mean, a bill granting immunity for hitting protesters cleared an Oklahoma Senate committee by a vote of 8-1. to one. Two others are already pending in the state house there in Oklahoma because they had such trouble in Tulsa earlier this year. Critics say the proposals are really just designed to intimidate people, not to solve a problem. So should those drivers be cleared? Should they be given some sort of legal protection here in the state of Utah? Back to the phones we go. Let's talk with John tonight here in Clearfield. John, how are you? Welcome to the Rod Arquette Show. Hey, thank you so much, Rod. I appreciate you taking the call. Thank you for calling. What are your thoughts on this, John? Well, my thoughts are I have a uh, CCW business, APPI.agency, and I teach concealed carry. And if, if you're going to take someone's life, 
and the person taking your life has means, ability, and intent, that gives you the right in Utah to, you know, defend yourself. Yeah, protect and, yourself. And, yeah. Um, yeah, and so why wouldn't the same principles apply to a car? I mean, it's a, a gun is a means of defense. A gun is a tool, and, you know, and so is a gun. And so, you know, if my family's in jeopardy, I'm going to give it gas and protect my family and loved ones. Well, if you find yourself caught in a situation like I've described, John, would you, would you hit the gas and get the heck out of there, even though you may hit somebody? Absolutely. Absolutely. If my... My uh, direct um, physical well-being was was in jeopardy, or my life was in peril, and so was my family. I would absolutely give it gas. All right, John. Thank you. Appreciate that. Back to the phones uh, in West Jordan. We're talking with Richard on this tonight. Richard, how are you? Welcome to the Rod Arquette Show. Hi, Rod. Thank you for taking my call. And first point is, I would like to uh, wish up Russ Limbaugh's family mm-hmm. uh, the very best. Uh, the world is a little dimmer without rush in it second as to the protesters everybody has a right to protest however they do not have a right to interfere with your right to go to work your right to go home your right to be safe with your people your family your friends so i fully agree with the legislation all right all right richard and i uh, you know that would boy it's a tough call but let me tell you what as as john just pointed out from clearfield and he teaches a, a concealed carry permit course. I mean, you 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 can use a gun to legally protect yourself and your family if you think you are being threatened. Okay? Can't the same be said if you're sitting in your vehicle and people are pounding on it, they're shouting obscenities, with no effort really to try and get out of the way. They aren't marching. They're at a maybe an intersection. They're blocking that intersection. And they aren't going anywhere. They they ain't moving, right? And they just want you to stand there and to listen to the message that is being given. So what do you do? I mean, one protester, the story I saw about this, basically said, look it, dramatic tactics are necessary to get people's attention. And maybe they feel that the only way to get your attention is to jump in front of your car, to make you stop, to pound on your vehicle, you know, boom, 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 shouting obscenities at you, maybe some people jumping on the car. That has happened before. Can you just imagine what that would be like for a mother and a father, maybe one or both of them in the vehicle with their kids, and what their kids would be going through? And I think they have every right to get the heck out of Dodge. And if you hit some people on the way, you know there's a car coming. You can get out of the way, and the the person who is being threatened, that vehicle, they shouldn't worry about it at all. They should be legally protected, in my opinion, especially if it's determined that the group protesting did not have a permit or violated the parameters of that permit. And I think this happened out in Cottonwood Heights, did it not? Where you had to protest earlier this year on a young man who was shot and killed by police. Uh, and there were protesters, and you had residents when they, you know, police were saying, stay on the sidewalk, stay on the sidewalk, do not drift into private property. And that's when you had that confrontation down in Cottonwood Heights. 
So these protesters, I, I, I'm, let me tell you what, you have a right to protest in this country. You have a right to do that, as long as it's peaceful. But the moment that you infringe on someone else's rights, be it their property or their personal rights, in their car, then that individual, I think, has a right to defend themselves. And if it's going to take legislation to do just that, then I think lawmakers should consider it, because I would be in favor of legislation like that. I can't imagine what it would be like running over somebody or running into somebody. If you've ever come close to it, you just go, you know, you're just lucky. I mean, I remember years ago, uh, I I can't remember where I was going early one morning, and as I was pulling onto another street coming off the street in which we live, I didn't see some runners coming from the right-hand side. And they came upon me so quickly, and I, I turned out and almost hit one of them. It was going very fast, fortunately. But they immediately jumped out of the way, and I felt awful about that for a couple of days. So this legislation that some states are considering, I think, is very, very vital. Let's clarify that. And no, we are not trying to limit free speech. We're not trying to do that. What we're trying to do is protect people who may find themselves caught up in a situation that they don't want to have anything to do with. 888-570-8010, on your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod, more of your calls and comments coming up right here on the Rod Arquette Show. Let me take a minute right now and share a word with you from the Utah Coronavirus 19 Task Force here in the state of Utah. There are some new legislation, some new uh, restrictions out there, not new restrictions, but new opportunities now for you to get a vaccine. The criteria for vaccinations has been expanded to people 65 and older. Healthcare workers, long-term care facility staff and residents, first responders, those age 65 and older, K-12 through teachers and school staff are currently receiving the vaccine. But remember, please make sure you have an appointment. Be patient. It may take a few tries to get an appointment to get your vaccination, but you must schedule your appointment ahead of time. And from what Abby has been reporting today, there are a lot of slops open in Davis County already and other areas as well. You can now schedule an appointment for the vaccine through the Federal Retail Pharmacy Program at select pharmacies. Pharmacies are responsible for scheduling their own appointments. Now, if you want more information, just go to coronavirus.utah.gov forward slash vaccine distribution to make an appointment at a pharmacy near you. Pharmacies are following the same criteria who gets the vaccine as the local health department does. So, Schedule an appointment. People 65 and older are now eligible for a vaccine, so schedule that appointment today and take care of yourself. Again, if you ready, set, start listening, and have a great true crime podcast week. Put me on a highway, the interstate, a dirt road to any place. Long as I'm Rod Arquette Show on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. All right, welcome back to the Rod Arquette Show on this Monday. Nice, sunshiny afternoon on the outside. Hope you had a great weekend, everybody. Oh, by the way, you know, I started the show off the monologue today talking about the fact that the uh, Muppets have uh, 
are now a victim of the cancel culture. Watching the Muppets comes with a warning. Well, now there is a new effort to claim that Monopoly, yeah, the game Monopoly should be banned because it's racist as well. <laughs> it just, it just keeps, the hits just keep on coming. As I used to say when I used to play music. I mean, it's just crazy. All right. We're talking right now about legislation that uh, should be considered that would protect drivers who hit protesters if they find themselves caught up in the middle of a demonstration and protesters are threatening them, blocking the street, not letting them proceed, maybe, you know, shouting out obscenities and in some cases trying to drag them out of the vehicle. Um a number of states are taking a look at this, including Oklahoma, and it has been discussed here in the state of Utah. What do you think about that idea? What would you do if you found yourself in a situation like that? 888-570-8010 or on your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod, back to the phones we go. Let's go to uh, Casey, who's joining us here on the Rod Arquette Show. Casey, how are you? Welcome. Thank you, Rod. Thanks for having me. I'm great. Uh, so my name's Casey Roberts. I'm the founder of United Citizens Alarm, and we are the group that formed after uh, the driver was shot in Provo, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Ken. Mm-hmm. And I know him personally. I know him personally, and he's uh, since joined our group. And we actually brought this bill to Senator Hinkins, who sponsored the bill, and uh, we were able to go up and testify uh, on the bill during the first session, um, and uh, we were actually able to bring Ken, who gave powerful testimony. He, uh, so I know his story, um, and I know what he went through when he was stuck in traffic there firsthand in Provo, um, and it was terrifying for him, you know, to be surrounded by these uh, violent protesters who were obviously breaking the law. They were unlawful. And they surrounded his car. His life was in danger, and he was shot. He mm-hmm. was shot uh, twice, yeah. actually. Yeah, I remember. And that. you know, Ken, he showed amazing restraint. Yeah, he he showed amazing restraint. Uh, but these people were, while they were shooting him, were jumping in front of his car and trying to stop his car. And he could have, you know, within the rights of the law, you know, there he could have floored it and just gotten out of there. But he waited until they got out of the way. I mean, thankfully, but. But, uh, you know, he was terrified. His life was in danger. And, and that's what sparked our little movement. We started our group, and we've since gotten very involved in uh, what's going on with the, pro- the protests. We follow what's going on across the country. We're sickened by what's happening in Portland and some of the other cities. And we just want to make sure it doesn't happen here. And so we're happy to say that we brought... With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Bill, we have a political committee. We brought the bill up to Hinkins, who picked it up, and... So far, it's going well. Yeah, well, let me ask you, Casey, I need a little clarification here, because as I mentioned, I think it was Representative Hawkins, who we spoke with, I think it was in November, was thinking about this. When did Senator Hinkins get involved in this, and why did he get involved, Casey? Uh, So Senator Hinkins, yes, ended up picking it up, and it wasn't until 
man, it was uh, January, January. He, he found out about it and said, yes, I would like to take this bill and sponsored it. So we've been working closely with him. Okay. It wasn't too soon before the legislative session started. Yes. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you, uh, you mentioned Ken, who was involved in this, this uh, horrific story down in, in, in uh, Provo this past summer. I mean, how did he feel that he had to, you know, in his car, he finally had to get the, hit the gas and get the heck out of that, out of there. He'd been shot, what, once or twice, Casey? Yeah, so the first shot, uh, you know, he, he was being, he was surrounded by the protesters. They were pounding on his car. He was trying to inch forward slowly. Uh, and then the first shot came right through Oof. the side passenger window. Wow. The right elbow went through his elbow and lodged into his left arm. And, you know, he was actually talking on the phone at the time, um, dropped his phone, and he was he said it felt like he was hit by a sledgehammer, and he thought someone had thrown a rock at him. Mm, okay. But when he looked down and he saw the blood is when he said, oh, my gosh, I've been shot. And he was absolutely terrified. Well, well even then, he only just kind of inched forward. And as he inched forward, that Jesse Taggart, who shot him, was uh, the second shot came to the back passenger window, hit the passenger seat, thankfully, and the grapnel came and hit him in the abdomen and, the, and in the eye. Um, and even after that happened, he, there was this people jumping in front of his car. Like, And you know, <laughs> the funny thing is, not the funny thing, but Twitter immediately jumped on this and called him yeah. and just attacked him. Yeah, I remember that. that was yeah. On I remember that. Casey, real quick, yeah. um, where does this um, legislation stand? Yeah. Casey, yeah. where does this legislation stand? Is it still alive so, on the Capitol? Yes, it is. So okay. it passed through the uh, the first Senate committee, the House Judiciary Committee, passed five to two. Um, it went into the second reading on Friday, and it passed fifty one to th- uh, fifty three to one on the vote in the second reading. So that now will go into the third reading this week. Uh, we're just waiting to hear about uh-huh. that, and then if it passes, then we'll bounce it over to the House. And we'll go through the same process. You don't happen to know the number of that bill, do you, Casey? Off the top of your head. Yes, yes, it's SB 138. Okay, Senate SB 138. All right, we'll you can take find a look that at it. there on the uh, right. uh, website. All right, well, Casey, good work on there's that. There's a lot more to the bill, a lot more to the bill than just uh, running over. We'll take Thank a look you. at it. Thank you, Casey, for your work in that effort and calling in, giving a, getting us up to date on that a little bit. All right, more of your calls and comments coming up on the Rod Arquette Show right here on Utah's Talk Radio 105.9. KNRS, listen, and you'll know. Taking center stage today on the Rod Kent Show again is Ryan Craner. He is president and founder of Strategic Planning Group. That's an investment management firm located in Bountiful. Um, so I've heard you talk about certain strategies, Ryan, on how to make the inheritance that our kids or beneficiaries will receive someday more tax-favored or less taxable. Can you give us some ideas of the strategy called the 1014 strategy, Ryan? Yes. So as many people know, IRAs, 401ks, and typical retirement assets are fully taxable to the beneficiaries of our estate when we die. Now, usually when you hear advisors talking about tax-free estate planning or tax-free inheritance, they are very often insurance agents talking about life insurance products. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The 1014 strategy does not involve life insurance policies or annuities in any way. The example here would be, let's say you take a million dollars of non-IRA uh, investment dollars that are, that are not in retirement plans. You invest it, it grows to two million, and then you pass away. So you have a million dollar profit here, 
Now, someone usually will have to pay the tax on that profit, whether it's you while you're alive or your children once you pass away. With the 1014 strategy, you don't tax it during your lifetime, and your, your children inherit the asset 100% income tax-free, capital gains tax-free, and estate tax-free if your estate's under $23 million as a married couple. Boy, that sounds like a big advantage right now, Ryan. Uh, people do like the idea of large assets passing on to their children free of any kind of taxation. You're also right that most of the time I hear about these kind of tax strategies, they're usually selling some kind of insurance policy. Is that what you're trying to do, life insurance policy? Is that what you're saying, Ryan? Usually that's when, when you hear that, that is what they're talking about. In this case, however, the 1014 strategy does not involve life insurance or annuities or Roth IRAs or IRAs of any kind. It's the 1014 strategy. It must be carefully implemented to be effective, but it really does work well when it fits. Well, if you want to find out more, just reach out to the Strategic Planning Group. They're on Bountiful. Here's the number to call right now, 801-627-2200, Diversifying your portfolio from one of our financial planners by calling 888-PLAN-RICK or visit rickedelman.com. All right, welcome back to the Rod Arquette Show and Utah's Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listen, you'll know, want to thank Casey with Utah Citizens Alarm for uh, keeping us up to date on this bill to protect drivers who find themselves caught in the middle of a uh, protest and flee some uh, protection being given to them under a bill which is uh, up on Utah's Capitol Hill. It's by Senator Hankins. And if you read deeply into the bill, you can see where it stipulates that someone driving a car, if they're caught up in a protest, they feel their life is threatened, have every right to get out of there, and if they hit somebody, they would be protected under this law, which is being considered here in the state legislature. Back to the phones we go. Let's uh, talk with Roger, who's in Benjamin tonight, here on the Rod Arquette Show. Roger, how are you? Hello, Roger. How are you doing today, Rod? I'm doing... Hey, Roger, by the way, where is... Yeah, can you hear me? Uh, yeah, I can hear you, Roger. Where is Benjamin? I've never heard of Benjamin, Utah. It's between Spanish Fork and Payson. All right, all right. Never heard of it, Roger. <laughs> Is it a nice town? Yes. It's just a small town. It's not bad. It's in a country town. All right, I kind of like country towns. All right, Roger. What are your thoughts on this, Roger? Well, I agree with you on... Uh, you know, the protesters should not be in the road. They should be on the sidewalk or up on the grass or whatnot. If they get in the road, in your way, by any shape or form, or pounding on your vehicle, I believe that you should have the right and you should, you know, not be charged with anything when you do drive over them. But in the same sense, your vehicle according to law, is an extension of your home. So if you feel threatened out there by these protesters and you're in your vehicle, you should be able to use your weapon. Yeah, especially if you're protecting your you and your family, right? Right, Roger? Right, right. Because anytime they touch you or get in their way, get in your way from moving, that is a threat to you or whoever you're with. 
Hmm. All right, Roger. Thank you. Appreciate that. I never knew where Benjamin was. Never heard of Benjamin, Utah. Back to the phones we go. Thank you, Roger. Let's go to uh, Mark, who's in Salt Lake City tonight. Hi, Mark. How are you? Hi, Rod. Uh, yeah, in addition to the danger of uh, the threat of being uh, d- dragged out of your car, even if your windows are rolled up, it doesn't take much to break a window no. uh, or, to, uh, to, or to be shot. There's the danger, let's not forget, of, of your car being... It doesn't take much uh, for a car to be flipped over. Uh, several guys can easily flip over a car onto its roof, as we saw with the police car in, in downtown Salt Lake this summer. And uh, there are some who may not realize this, but there was another Salt Lake police car with a female police officer inside it. And, and uh, they were accosting her in a similar way. She could have, the, the very thought of, of that car being flipped over and set on fire, too, possibly with her inside it, uh, is, is uh, pretty uh, uh, horrific. Uh, and and it might have happened, uh, except for the National Guard, as I understand yeah, it, yeah. stepping in and rescuing her. Yeah. So that that's so people may not realize how easy it is to flip over a car. It doesn't take much for several people to flip over a car onto its road. Uh, great point, Mark. Thank you very much. And I do remember that involving the Salt Lake City police officer who almost had her car flipped over, and she was under attack. This is legislation. I hope that lawmakers could consider. <coughs> it's unfortunate that we're at this point anymore, but uh, we have had incidents here in Utah, Provo for one, Salt Lake City for another, where vehicles have been under attack. And the owners of those vehicles and the drivers of those vehicles have every right to protect themselves. And as, who was it, I think someone just mentioned that your vehicle can be considered an extension of your home and you have a right to protect yourself in your home, you also should have a right to protect yourself inside your vehicle. And when protesters, like I said, you want to protest peacefully, you have every right to. I've been involved in some myself over the years, and you can protest peacefully. When it gets out of hand and when you start attacking somebody, even if they are in their vehicle, they have every right to protect themselves, don't they? Oh, isn't it interesting how the media is now spot. See Utah Gold Buyer on State Street Midvale or utahgoldbuyer.com. We're live, we're local, and of course we're everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. How are you, everybody? Welcome back. Hour number three of the Rod Arquette Show with you on this uh, Monday. Remember, you know, Melania Trump is no longer in the White House, of course, her husband losing the election of 2020. But remember all the fawning news and magazine coverage during Melania Trump's four grateful years in the White House? Don't remember them, huh? That's because they didn't happen. I mean, it's just... And, I mean, Joe Biden's amazing first month as First Lady, and the media is just following or falling all over themselves just to try and show how great Joe Biden, the First Lady, is to this country. They totally ignored Melania Trump and her four years in the White House. Let's talk about it with my next guest, Tim Graham. Tim, of course, is Director of Media Analysts with the Media Research Center. Always enjoy Tim's articles. Tim, how are you? And welcome back to the Rod Arkenjo. Great to have you on, Tim. Thanks. <laughs> Tim, did you... I thought last week when we had the little pink hearts on the lawn of the White House was <laughs> was a little too much for me, Tim. I mean, talk about sophomore. Give me a break, folks. We aren't in a preschool anymore. Yeah, you were. It looked like 
candy, uh, <laughs> big, big pieces of candy. But I think the, the game they're playing here is we are the anti-Trump. You know, Donald Trump would never allow big pink hearts on the lawn that said <laughs> compassion on it. Uh, and everything they do that they're going to love pretty much everything they do. They, they absolutely eat up when you perform as the anti-Trump. And yeah, Melania always had two strikes. One of them was that she was uh, mostly a wife. She was, you know, they're used to, on their side, lawyers or professors as first ladies. That's what they like. And then there's that whole added element that she's, a, she's seen as a trophy wife. So it, instead of getting the June Cleaver approach, it's more like, I don't know, she just she's a supermodel trophy wife. And so, uh, yeah, the beauty actually gets held against her. I wonder how she felt about this. Has she ever given any indication as to how she has felt about this, or does she really care? <laughs> well, I think we remember that they have these, these leaked phone calls that CNN adored with oh, yeah, a friend of yeah, hers who yeah. had taped it and they loved this line where she said who cares about christmas and what she meant i think was i don't want to have to be responsible for some christmas exhibit to be judged on it and you can't tell me hillary clinton wanted to be judged on the christmas decorations but in that case they would play the game because they wanted to make her look good they wanted to humanize her and I think that, that Melania knew, you could tell the way she complains, is they always wanted to dehumanize her. They always wanted to mock their marriage as fake. And so it's, yeah, it was, a, she never got a fair shake. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, I guess she expected that, but she, she did, she clearly resented it when you heard these recordings. Mm-hmm. So, Tim, in... In the eyes of the media today, if you are not a professional woman first and then the first lady second, like Michelle Obama or now Joe Biden, who claims she's a doctor, but she's not a medical doctor, um, that you get no attention. If you're a trophy wife, if you're a beautiful woman who has done some amazing things, some really important things like Melania Trump did, forget it, because you're not the type we think you should be. Well, these people came in with, with this, you can't call it a chip on their shoulder. The media's whole approach here was we could never humanize them. We could never normalize them. So with that, in a, you know, they, they were just enormously hostile and dedicated to remaining hostile. And so I just think it's funny then they would turn around and say, well, Melania Trump didn't exactly get around town. Well, that's, again, because she knows that she's going to get you know, rotten tomatoes thrown at her if she goes out <laughs> from the, from the press. So, I mean, it, 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 she was, she was on the defensive at all times. There's a weekend article in the Hill, Tim, and I, I imagine you saw it in which they were comparing Jill Biden to Eleanor Roosevelt and, and, mm. and Grace Coolidge already. I mean, she's only been there for a month. How does that happen? <laughs> this is common too. They they love comparing uh, Hillary to Jackie Kennedy, and of course there is a there is a, a line there. They both got cheated on relentlessly, mm-hmm. but uh, Eleanor Roosevelt too. Um, this is the comedy of all of these things. The great Democratic first ladies that all got cheated on. 
Um, but uh, they do this. They revere. They want to make their their presidents, you know, historic from the word go. And this kind of sugary, gushy publicity is just what we've all gotten used to. But it's never been a more dramatic contrast with the with the utter hostility they showed to Melania. Mm-hmm. Tim, what about the? You know, I got a sense that uh, Donald Trump is not the most affectionate guy in the world, especially in public. He would hold hands with Melania, which was fine. But when they didn't, the media make a big deal out of it. Oh, she must be mad at them. They aren't holding hands. But now you've got you've got Joe Biden and Joe Biden who are uh, who are sucking face every time you turn around and you see him. <laughs> do, 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 do they just love that, Tim? Well, yeah, they always want this to look like the you know the great love story of all time, and that's they they do that kind of thing. And you know, George, both George Bushes had wonderful marriages, mm-hmm. um, but that was. Again, they, they weren't they weren't as interested in that, um, and in this case, yeah, they always made fun because I, for some reason, Melania generally didn't like holding hands with the public, and I think part of it was she didn't want to be analyzed, um, but it was always taken as she doesn't like him very much. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, you know, they, but again, they always wanted to to put the most negative spin imaginable on it. Why didn't they just accept that maybe from the culture in which she grew up in, that is not what that is not who she is. She was raised in a different culture. Why couldn't the media accept that, Tim? Well, I mean, and this is we can all imagine what it would have been like if on some if we were in an alternative universe and Donald Trump had run as a Democrat, then they would all run around telling us about how wonderful it was to have a Slovenian born first lady that spoke five or six languages. Uh, you know, how elegant she was. She'd be on every fashion magazine cover if Donald Trump was a Democrat. Um, and I think that, that it's important just to realize that so much of this is about which party you belong to and which publicity machine, you know, handles mm-hmm. you. And it, it's always fascinating to me to watch this liberal mythology machine get upset at Fox. Oh, Fox is state-run TV, Look at the sound of all of them now. <laughs> Did Melania- They're all butlers and maids. Yeah, they sure are. Final question. Did Melania ever appear, appear on the cover of a fashion magazine? I don't recall that she did. Uh, I don't know if she was on the cover of a magazine while she was first lady. Um, I, I, I believe there was a cover with Donald Melania and Barron of people before the election or maybe during the transition. But as First Lady, I don't think there was a cover. And we have to consider that part of that was, again, she didn't want to negotiate with hostile forces because usually <laughs> it's not just a cover. It's a cover story. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Tim, as always, great chatting with you. Thanks for a few minutes of your time tonight. Oh, my pleasure. All right. On our Newsmaker line, that is Tim Graham. Tim is Director of Media Analysis at the Media Research Center talking about uh, uh, Melania haters who are now just falling all over themselves about that wonderful Joe Biden. More coming up on the Rod Arquette Show and Utah's Talk Radio 105.9. KNRS, listen, and you'll know.
Ryan Craner, president and founder of Strategic Planning Group. They're in Bountiful. They're an investment management firm. Is joining us again on center stage today. Ryan, you know, there are a lot of families in Utah. We love families, and people commonly have advisors helping them, them with their financial planning. Do you have, Ryan, any advice as to how people may start mentoring the next generation with some good financial habits, Ryan? Yes, Rod. You know, we do a lot of extensive financial retirement and strategic planning for our clients. Uh, And you're right, most of them are quite concerned that their children and grandchildren are mentored and advised on their financial futures as well. But since these younger clients are often small potatoes, smaller accounts, most advisors don't make the time to offer any real extensive advice and planning to them. At Strategic Planning Group, we have a mentoring service exclusively for our clients and, and make that available to their kids and grandkids where we make sure these kids are set up and avoiding mistakes and properly planning for their, for their financial future. Boy, I tell you what, Ryan, that is such a great idea. Younger people are often precluded from good advice, but most often would benefit from it. I mean, I have kids. I worry about their potential mistakes they could make. There are steps they can take, aren't there, Ryan? Yes. You know, uh, young people, they make a lot of mistakes with retirement investments and financial planning. The biggest mistake that they make is not using the time that is on their side. In other words, not putting away enough money at earlier ages so that they take advantage of the miracle of compound interest. So as you know, the statistics are not good on how unprepared the majority of Americans are for retirement. So this service really helps avoid that. Now, when should uh, somebody start looking to see if they or even their kids are preparing properly for retirement, Ryan? We want to start early, and, and it, like, you know, even at 15, 16, 17, 18, get them interested in this process. And I would invite them to go to strategicutah.com and take our strategic retirement score test, what we call the SRS. The SRS is a short test and questionnaire where they can go and see their score on how complete their financial and retirement planning is. Boy, take advantage of this, folks. It's a great offer from Strategic Planning Group. Just give them a call right now at 801-627-2200, 801-627-2200. Learn more about vaccines at cdc.gov coronavirus. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Tax, taxes, that familiar melody, simple and true. Call it if you've earned a dollar or two. Bucks are being spent by the government for whatever they do. I don't know where he found that bumper music. <laughs> Schoolhouse Rock again. There we go. That's becoming a favorite use of ours when it comes to uh, bumper music here on the Rod Arquette Show. How are you, everybody? Welcome back to the Rod Arquette Show here on Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Listen and you'll know. Well, as my next guest wrote in an op-ed piece in the utahpolicy.com, roads cost money. We all know that, right? Lots of money. Here's the number that'll blow you away. In 2019, the state of Utah spent over $1.3 billion on road maintenance and construction in this state. And as the state continues to grow, and you can see it about everywhere you go nowadays, how are we going to handle this? And can we find a way to protect air quality well, at the same time, equalizing road funding. Joining us on our Newsmaker Line to talk about that is Rusty Cannon, Vice President of the Utah Taxpayers Association. Rusty, how are you? Welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining us, Rusty. 
happy to be here, Rod. Always good to speak with you. Only two weeks to go for the legislature, uh, Rusty, so you're almost out of there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, light at the end of the tunnel. This light has been the... a, a different, different <laughs> session. It's almost over. All right, let's talk about what you're talking about in this op-ed piece, about being able to both protect the environment and air quality, which we all desire, but also equalizing road funding. What are you talking about, Rusty? Well, we were talking there a bit about House Bill 209 this year. This bill deals with a fairness. Uh, a lot of people have been categorizing it as a you know air quality type of bill, but it's about fairness. So the average gas vehicle driver right now pays about $380 per year in gas tax when they fill up at the pump. And electric vehicles pay somewhere between $20 to $120. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For their fair share of, of road uh, usage, so to speak. And so this bill is aimed at equalizing that to make it more fair that everybody pays their way for the roads. And so it, it uh, raises those fees over the next three years for electric vehicles to, to become closer to what the average gas vehicle driver pays, you know, for road usage. That, that's what the gas tax goes for. Why is it so important, Rusty, do you think? Well, so as, as we said in the op-ed, roads are very expensive. You know, we spent $1.3 billion on it in a previous year, and that configure is going to only go up. And as, as electric vehicles proliferate, they're only about 2%, one5 to 2% of the fleet right now in Utah. But, I mean, they're growing at a, about a 50% rate right now in just the purely electric vehicles. And plug-in hybrids are growing as well, as well as gas hybrids. So pretty soon they're going to be a large portion of our fleet. And if they're not paying any or very little gas tax, we're going to have a huge problem in the future. So this bill was trying to get ahead of that problem, and that's, that's the debate it's creating. Mm-hmm. You're getting some pushback. I know the uh, sponsor of the bill, I think, is Representative Christofferson, has gotten some pushback on this. Are you surprised at the pushback, the reaction to it, Rusty? Well, where, where our concern comes from is, is there are, we think, some misunderstandings to where you know, people are saying, well, the numbers are wrong and trying to get an apples-to-apples comparison, but we think the data is solid. Your, your average gas vehicle driver pays $380 per year roughly in this tax. And it is not fair that those that are driving other types of vehicles don't pay anywhere near that. And so with this bill simply gets it to where most people are paying close to the amount that they should be. Uh, it's, it, the one thing we want to mention is every time you go fill up your tank, if you have a 15-gallon tank, you're paying about $7.50 in tax every time you fill up. You just don't even realize it. It's not on your receipt typically. It's not on the gas pump. It's just an afterthought. But, you know, so, but if you were to have to pay that in one check every year, it would be about $380. And so we're just saying, okay, we need to be fair about this. Everybody that's using the road should pay their fair share about using the road. And that's what the bill's about. You mentioned uh, that uh, EVs right now account for what? One and a half, two percent of vehicles on the road right now, Rusty. Will sales plummet if, in fact, this, uh, this law is approved, do you think? No, we, we completely disagree with that notion. As an example, Georgia increased their fees back in 2015 and at the same time took away their state tax incentive. And their sales did dip for a bit. But in 2018, their vehicle, electric vehicle sales jumped over 140% year over year. We are not going to stop this train. There are, there, in fact, General Motors won't even be making gas vehicles, according to them, by 2035. 
I mean, this is not going to stop. And, and, you know, someone paying 240 in a registration fee instead of 120 is not going to deter their buying decision in our mind. It's the right amount of fee that they should be paying, and we think it's only fair. Talking right now with Rusty Cannon from the Utah Taxpayers Association. Rusty, do um, alternative fuel drivers, do they drive less than gas-powered vehicles? Well, that's a good question. Uh, we think that they don't. Um, in previous years, they, they probably did, but battery life has gotten better, range has gotten better, and when you add up those trips around town, it's typically you know about the same in our mind, and we think the data will show that. An interesting note is in, in Utah, the average driver drives over fifteen thousand dollars. Excuse me, fifteen thousand miles per year. Mm-hmm. That's more than the thirteen thousand nationally. But Utah drivers, for whatever reason, drive about ten to fifteen percent more miles per year than the national average. So we think it's roughly equal. And, and when we're all sitting in traffic on I fifteen, whether you're driving an electric vehicle or a gas powered vehicle, you're taking up the same amount of space. You're using the road, and it's not fair for those that are driving gas vehicles to be subsidizing those that are purely electric and not paying, in our, in our view, enough for the use of the road. Yeah. Where, where, did, where does this uh, road usage charge program that uh, UDOT has been experimenting with over the last couple of years, Rusty, where does that state right now, and how could that benefit EV owners? So that's a great question. And the great thing about this bill is this would give financial incentive for the electric vehicle drivers to get into the, the RUC, the road usage charge program, we call it to where you pay on a percent, one and a half cents per mile range that goes up to the flat fee, but not over it. Um, and you can volunteer to go in the program, and then your, your number of miles you drive is tracked, and it's just it's a better way to go about it. So if an EV driver feels like they drive less miles, great. You can get into the RUC program, and you will, you will pay less. That's the beauty of that RUC program, and that's what we need to drive everybody into. In fact, in 10, 15 years, likely – Utah needs to have everybody on that program and transition away from the gas tax. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Final question is uh, HB 209, where does it stand? Is it going to make it through? Yeah, that's a great, a great question. Today, it did not pass the House floor. Uh, it is not over till midnight of the last day of the legislative <laughs> session, so we've got to re, 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 rejigger what we're doing here. But, but the good news is, is legislators are really coming out of the woodwork with ideas on how to fix this problem, and we look forward to the conversation going forward whether this bill passes or not. So you think uh, at least the idea, the conversation, if it doesn't get through this session, could carry on throughout the year next year? Oh, not only next year. This is the major conversation around taxes over the next decade. We have to solve this problem. It will only get bigger and bigger and bigger year after year. If we don't address this now, it'll become a monster in a few years. All right. Rusty, as always, great chatting with you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. All right, on our newsmaker line, Rusty Cannon is vice president of the Utah Taxpayers Association talking about the debate over electric vehicles and basically Rusty's op-ed piece, which basically said, you know, we can have it both ways. We can protect air quality and we can equalize road funding, which is out of whack right now because of some of the uh, EVs that are out there. More coming up on the Rod Arquette Show in Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Listen, and you'll know, you know, if you're looking for a financial advisor, who is local, somebody you can trust. May I suggest Trajan Wealth. If you lost your job in 2020 because it was really a just unbelievable year, your benefits, maybe even your home, or is it just time for a financial reboot? Now is the time to reach out to Trajan Wealth. As I mentioned, they are local. All the safety protocols recommended by the CDC are in place. Don't leave your 401k behind. Protect what you have worked really so hard for. That's why I want you to call Trajan Wealth today and make sure you're on the right track. I'm talking about the track to success. If we've learned anything, 
from 2020 that life is very unpredictable, you want to get your financial house in order. And because they are fiduciary, Trajan Wealth puts your interests first. They aren't trying to sell you a program or a book. They're trying to look out for you. They have, as Jeff Jr., who is the owner and founder of Trajan Wealth, says, everyone that works at Trajan Wealth has the heart of a teacher. They want to work with you, educate you, and find a course that is best for your financial future. What are you waiting for? Set up that appointment today. Again, as I mentioned, they're following all the safety protocols recommended by the CDC. Their office is located in Draper. Give them a call at 801-899. Dealing with the insurance companies so you can relax and heal. The Rod Arquette Show here on Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Listen, and you'll know, yes, we are talking about the uh, minimum wage. Democrats this week are really pushing for approval of the president's $1.9 trillion COVID relief bill. There are a lot of very Democratic goodies in there. About, what is it, $800 million would actually go... To COVID relief. Everything else, Democratic goodies, minimum wage bill, $15 an hour. We'll talk about that in a minute. There's money going for the arts, money going to bail out states who don't know how to budget. I mean, there are just so many goodies in there. But the one that, of course, is going to attract a lot of attention has to be the minimum wage. Well, let's separate the myth from fact when it comes to the minimum wage. Joining us on our Newsmaker line to talk about it is Skip Estes. He is Associate Director of the Center for State Fiscal Reform with the American Legislative Exchange Council. Skip, thanks for joining us tonight. You know, timing is everything. So here we are in the COVID-19 pandemic. The economy is starting to show signs it may be crawling out from underneath this pandemic right now. So, Skip, ask me. I mean... The timing couldn't be worse on this idea of increasing the minimum wage to $15 an hour, could it? I agree wholeheartedly. You know, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Although we're seeing great improvements on the health front with uh, a decrease in mortality, increase in vaccination rates, it's still working towards the end goal of returning back to normal. And as, as businesses are still struggling with meeting their bottom lines during the remaining months of the COVID-19 pandemic, we don't really know how long that period is going to last, but increasing costs of labor on these businesses is the last thing that these businesses want when it comes to their ability to survive in the long term. What about, Skip, the, uh, the theory is that a $15 per, per hour minimum wage would destroy opportunity for millions? Explain that if you would. So uh, fundamentally what a minimum wage does is it makes it illegal for employers and employees to freely enter into agreements where that employee would be paid for less than a minimum wage. So in reference to a $15 per hour minimum wage, what that would mean is that employees and employers could no longer make agreements with each other where the employee would receive a wage less than $15 an hour. So what that means is 
there's uh, economic activity, there's agreements between individuals that are happening now, but it would no longer be legal under this, agree- under this, um, this new policy. And as a result, those opportunities would no longer be there in the marketplace for those workers. What about the impact on small businesses, Skip? I mean, I know, I believe it was Amazon a week or two ago took some full-page ad out in the various Washington newspapers saying, hey, we moved it up to $15 an hour. Look what happened to us. You can do it, too. But that's a very large firm, as you know, Skip. What about the impact on small operations? Exactly. And I think that what you're going to see is these small businesses are going to be bearing the brunt of a $15 minimum wage. Uh, I think, you know, if you look at uh, one of the most uh, pernicious aspects of the proposed $15 per hour minimum wage bill that's currently sitting in Congress is that it would also repeal what's called the tipped minimum. And what that is is employees who work for tips, like uh, valets or um, or waiters and waitresses or bartenders, they receive a minimum wage exception to the general rule because so much of their income actually comes from tips. It doesn't come from wages. And what this bill does is it repeals that minimum wa- that uh, exception to the minimum wage for these tipped workers. And what that would mean is a 600% increase in labor costs uh, for small businesses, primarily restaurants and other businesses that have a high concentration of these tipped workers. Uh, and for those restaurants, you know, 90% of restaurants in the United States have 50 uh, employees or less, which means that the vast number of restaurants are small businesses. And these small businesses would, again, be bearing the brunt of that minimum wage increase. Well, I would imagine a food truck would be considered a restaurant, isn't it, Skip? So therefore, if a food truck wants to survive, I mean, I can't believe their margins are that good to begin with. They would have to hire some kid who wants to work there. They want to, you know, provide them an opportunity. They would have to pay him or her $15 an hour as well, right? Exactly. And I mean, what's the, what the famous statistic is something like one in 10 small businesses actually make it to profitability and the rest close before they're able to get there. Uh, it's extremely difficult to start a small business and it's even more difficult to start a restaurant. Uh, that failure rate's even higher among restaurants. So if you're increasing the cost of labor for these, uh, for these uh, restaurants and these new businesses and small businesses, what you're going to see is instead of staying in uh, instead of staying in business and instead of employing people and instead of uh, creating value in their communities, they're going to end up shutting their doors. Uh, actually, you know, uh, before we got on our call today, Representative Ro Khanna of California uh, became newsworthy for his interview yesterday on uh, mainstream news, where when asked about the criticism of raising the $15 or raising the minimum wage to $15 an hour, Representative Khanna replied, well, we don't actually want those businesses and claimed that successful businesses can afford it. Keep in mind, this is a guy who's never run a business himself. Yeah, that, I saw that statement as well, Skip. That's absolutely amazing. Well, we got to lose a few to be able to make it here. What about the idea of entry-level jobs? Why are they so important to a business and an individual's development as well, Skip? Well, so there's this aspect of skills development called soft skills. That's things like showing up to work on time, being collegial with your coworkers, uh, treating your uh, the people that you're working with and treating the customers of your business with respect. These are all skills that might not necessarily come naturally to a lot of people, but they're skills that you pick up on as you work in, uh, work in a position. And in order to get these skills, you need to become employed in the first place. And the problem that uh, the $15 minimum wage has for development of soft skills is that the first people that businesses are going to lay off because of the increase, the uh, forced increase in labor costs are going to be entry-level workers. They're going to be young workers. They're going to be less educated workers. So these are the people where that soft skills development is the most important to generate, uh, to creating 
long-term uh, wage growth as they go through their careers. And because of the increase in the minimum wage, these people are most likely going to be are going to be amongst the people to lose their jobs first. They're no longer going to be able to generate those soft skills that are crucial to creating a more sustainable long-term employment for the rest of their career. Is there a plan on the part of Biden and the Democrats? Uh, and I want to get your take on this, Skip. They're going big here. They're trying for the $15 minimum wage. But in fact, maybe they're looking for more of a graduated wage scale where you'd have beginner or entry level minimum wage and then it would go up depending on your skill. Could that be something they may be looking for? You know, I, I haven't seen that in the proposal yet so far, but what I think that would end up looking like is, uh, you know, trying trying to fix a problem with uh, a solution that would create a whole another host of problems. So uh, if you're if you're talking about scaling the minimum wage according to experience, all of a sudden now the government's in the business of determining who is at what experience level and what requisite increase in the minimum wage fits that increase in experience. And all of a sudden you have a whole another host of problems created which uh, gets to the problem of the minimum wage in the first place. Then it is an arbitrary designation from the government as to what agreements individuals can come up with, can agree to with one another. And uh, because of that, um, uh, because of that uh, fundamental problem to the minimum wage in the first place of these arbitrary restrictions on agreements, that problem carries over to what you just talked about, where uh, all of a sudden the government would be in the business of determining who is and is not experienced and what requisite wage uh, applies to which experience level. Not that this is ever going to happen, but why don't we just do away with the minimum wage? I, I think the reason why we haven't is because it's, uh, you know, it's obviously a hot-button political issue. Otherwise, we wouldn't be talking about it today. I think that fundamentally people do want to see workers become better off. People do want to see wages increase. But the only way that that can really happen without causing massive costs to people downstream of such a policy is to let the market do it. And that's one of the things that we saw over the past four years of economic growth uh, from 2016 to 2020. We actually saw real wages increase faster than they had since the 2008 recession. So the market is increasing wages. We're seeing it happen. Obviously, the pandemic has put uh, put a fork in that. But once the economy gets back to normal, and if there's the same uh, statistics of economic growth that we saw over the past four years, what you'll likely see is real wage increases will continue, and Americans' uh, take-home pay will continue in real dollars. On our newsmaker line, Skip Estes, Associate Director of the Center for State Fiscal Reform. That's with the American Legislative Exchange Council, talking about the uh, truth about the minimum wage that is a uh, key part of Biden's uh, $1.9 trillion package. There are some who've already come out and said they wouldn't support it, including Kristen Cinema. She is the senator from Arizona and Joe Manchin from West Virginia. The Rod Arquette Show continues here on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listen and you'll know. I'm back with Ryan Craner, president and founder of Strategic Planning Group here on the Rod Arquette Show, taking center stage today. Ryan, oh, it is that wonderful time of year, tax filing season, Ryan. What are some of the strategies you work with your clients at this time of year, Ryan? Well, Rod, as, as much as I love spring, <laughs> this is one of the unpleasant things we deal oh, with yeah. is tax filing. Oh, yeah. And it's time, you know, it's time to uh, start working on tax reduction strategies for our tax filing deadline of April 15th. So I want to talk about a little-known strategy called the 408 strategy. Uh, when the new tax law passed back in 2017, the standard deduction is much larger now, meaning most people don't actually benefit tax-wise by itemizing and using their charitable and tithing contributions any longer. They now just simply take 
the standard deduction, which creates a lower tax cost than itemizing. So it's frustrating because people want to benefit tax-wise from their often very large charitable and tithing donations. So for those of you uh, that have reached your RBD, your required beginning date with your IRAs, there is an opportunity to still receive a tax benefit from your tithing and charitable contributions and still take the very valuable standard deduction. So, Ryan, I want to get this straight and make sure people understand this. That new tax law more than doubled the standard deduction for married couples from 12700 to 24800 per year. But the catch is, if you take the standard deduction, you can't itemize. You no longer benefit from the deduction for charitable donations and tithing. Is that right, Ryan? Have I got that right? Yes, that's accurate. However, for some taxpayers, they can use the 408 strategy and actually still reduce their tax bill by making these charitable donations and paying tithing. It's still the, they still take the full standard deduction, but they're still able to reduce their tax cost even further with the, the 408 strategy. Now, I understand uh, people uh, express frustration that their tithing and charitable contributions no longer reduce their tax bill. So how do people know if this 408 strategy, Ryan, really does work for them? Well, this strategy is complicated, and it has to be done right. It's important to get advice from a competent and qualified, experienced advisor. If you want to learn how to execute the 408 strategy, go to strategicutah.com or call us, 801-627-2200, and simply make an appointment or ask us about the 408 strategy. All right, give them a call today. Strategic Planning Group there on Bountiful, 801-627. Your favorite mobile device or go to Scribd.com. That's S-C-R-I-B-D.com. Scribd.com. Final few minutes to uh, spend with you on the Rod Arquette Show this Monday evening, Monday afternoon edition. Here on Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Listen and you'll know. Don't forget Buck Sexton heading your way tonight. And Buck will be with you from 7 until 10 o'clock. Now, you know, one of the reasons uh, the country should elect Joe Biden president, voters was to- were told over and over and over again, right, uh, was that America needed to get back to unexceptional days of BT before Trump. Uh, but what we've seen so far, I don't think is anything but normal. Um, I, I mean, give me the irregular, the unconventional and the unorthodox when it comes to Joe Biden. You know what? Demo- Democrats simply pounded on this message all during the campaign. You know, we need a former America an America before Donald Trump. An America that is quiet and safe, maybe even a little boring. That's what, certainly what I think we're getting with Joe Biden in the White House right now. As a matter of fact, Jan Psaki, his uh, spokesperson today, was asked about, um, when are we going to get a Joe Biden news conference? A one-on-one with Joe in the media. He hasn't had one yet. And Stocky's answer was basically, well, you are going to get one. I can't tell you when, but you are going to get one. There are a lot of questions for Joe Biden to start answering right now, but he is doing a terrific job of hiding himself from the public. 
He was scheduled to go to Texas this week. We'll see if that happens. But, I mean, think about this. If everything is back to normal, okay, and uh, if Joe Biden's idea of normalcy includes the fact that we price unskilled, less educated, and the most vulnerable among us out of the workplace, Joe, is that part of the American heritage? We just spoke about that with Skip Estes, about the, uh, the myth and the facts about the minimum wage. Joe Biden's normalcy, has it always been acceptable for Ivy League students and teachers out there to demand revocation of all degrees earned by Republican politicians? Is that normal, Joe? Is it normal for presidents to violate constitutional liberties, particularly on the freedom to bear arms? Joe Biden is working to take that away. What I think our political media class defines as normal, really, is the entrenchment of elitists sprinkled with a few radical ideas for the purpose of virtual signaling and appeasing extremists and wannabe revolutionaries embraced by that part of the establishment. So that's what we're taking a look at right now. This is Joe Biden's normalcy. And apparently America is happy with that. But the latest poll here in Utah showed Joe Biden is doing no better than Donald Trump did in his first 30 days in office. Yes, we passed 30 days. And what amazing changes have taken place under Joe Biden. Not many of them, have they? I haven't seen any of them. And we probably are not going to see that. By the way, uh, one other note I want to pass along to you. The um, New York City has reversed itself It was not going to cooperate and allow Trump to operate two big skating rinks in Central Park or his company. They didn't want anything to do with it, but now they've reversed themselves because they realize they need help from Donald Trump and his company to run those skating rinks. Isn't that that interesting? All right, that does it for us tonight. Head up, shoulders back. May God bless you and your family. Thanks for joining us tonight. We'll be back tomorrow. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.